if you drive your car where you've always driven, you'll only see what you always saw. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beyond the Mat podcast hosted by Emmanuel Clauser and Jared Rowan. A space for you to transcend your yoga beyond your mat and into your life. Do you know who said that? Oh, me. <laughs> oh. oh, you made that quote up? Yes. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a Katona. Oh my gosh. It's a Katona concept. Okay. But yeah, they, they use the okay. metaphor of the car a lot. But I, I, I just made it for us. Yes. Jay Rowan. Well, so- <laughs> Jay Rowan. Well, sorry that I interrupted your hello, but hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. It's Jared and Emmanuel. Welcome, welcome. We're so excited to be here. We're in two different states. I know. I was going to say, at least I know I am. It makes me so happy that we still get to do this. It's like the weekly catch up for for the two of us and then with you guys as well. So that's a super nice thing to do. I have arrived in Florida. I can't say that I've fully landed, but my feet are here and my head is somewhere. So the sunshine state, are you feeling sunny? Dude, it's so sunny. Oh, how nice. It's amazing. But it's going to take time. It, I think it's just like anything else. It's a process. And Jared, the author of the quote was like, yeah, you can talk to them about like where you've driven your car. So I set out on a on a driving journey on Monday this past week and I kind of split the drive in half we slept uh, and by we I mean me and Lori who was just amazing uh, as a co-pilot as a friend she's just a stand-up person um yeah we drove we slept in Savannah Georgia and I arrived in Miami on Tuesday night and yeah it's been good I'm really happy yeah cool well, it's neat to connect. Uh, we're on Zoom for those of you that are like, oh my gosh, how are they doing this? Um, so we're nearing the end of our season one, which I feel like that's exciting. Yeah. And it's like um, the big finale is coming up. Um, there'll be no cliffhangers. Watch out. <laughs> um, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, but today we thought we'd talk a little bit about, this is a, a pretty good topic and definitely pertinent for Emmanuel right now. But we thought about this concept. You heard the quote at the beginning, and it's really talking about moving with your life and moving with your whatever your emotional, spiritual, psychological, and physical needs are. Um, and it speaks to, if we start before we jump into that, just talking about moving and adjusting with your practice. So Mm -hmm. can you speak a little bit in the yoga room, maybe the importance or maybe things to consider in moving with your practice, whether it be style of practice, teacher, anything? What do you think about that? I think that that's a really relevant topic because we tend to get stuck either in the way that we practice or in the way that we teach. It applies to both. You know, if we start by talking about the way that we practice, if you think about just getting really familiar with one style of practice or one instructor and only wanting to go to that one person and being 
unflexible as to how you practice and what you do. It happens a lot. I'm not going to lie. It happened to me. I was like, oh, I will only go to these teachers. And if they would get a sub, I wouldn't go or drive a long distance way further than I needed to go um, to practice with someone. And that's not saying that we don't have a preferred thing that we do, something that works for us or a person that we relate to more than someone else. But it's balancing that out with having that willingness to try new things. So we cheat ourselves out of opportunities for growth and learning that stand outside the things that we do kind of routinely or all of the time. So that's for me, as far as like the practicing is concerned, and you can even take it to a level like within the practice, you know, if you always do the same thing, I I don't know what comes to mind is let's say extended side angle, right? Well, if you always go from extended side angle to birds of paradise, maybe you try bound half moon, you know, just being willing to try things that are slightly different, even without changing the class that you go to or the person that you take class from can be very useful. Yeah. And as far as teaching, I think that stepping outside of your box as a teacher is a little bit more involved of a process because you have to get some learning done. You can only teach what you know. Yes. And so you start by learning one thing and making it feel very familiar for you and you teach to that and it becomes a very good exchange between you and your students. And over time, if you're like, okay, I want to add on to my offerings, then you have to go learn more and become familiar with the material that you have just learned and, and then transfer that to your student or apply it in your classes. And no, too, um, if you were in teacher training, uh, I don't know, because you were there last weekend and Dawn was there. Um, we had a million guests, but I forget who said this. It's like, um, just be mindful. We tend to want to give it all out. Like when we come out of training, we want to put everything in the first class that we teach and you've learned so much. So you can always pick like one element to incorporate to like spice up your life a little bit or spice up your sequence or your offering. And then the next week you do something different. And I know you're doing a mentorship and you could probably relate to that where you're not going to put everything that you've learned over the course of like the weekends that you've done with your mentors into the one class. You're going to stretch that out over time. And it creates a lot of variety for you so that you don't get bored with what you're teaching, but also it's an invitation for your students to come back and continue growing with you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think like one of the things to think about in people that do practice yoga and are thinking about this is like, we practice something over and over or we're attached to a style or a teacher And what I really want people to consider is if you always do things the same, you're always going to have the same experience. So I don't know how much of an inner dialogue you're really having. Because if you always go to Birds of Paradise, is the experience any different when you do it the 20th time? I don't think, you you know, like I don't, and I've been that person. But it's like, be exploratory and go somewhere different and see what comes up. Um, Because if you're static, you don't evolve and you don't grow. And I think you can agree, Manuel, like people go to yoga. It's not to stay the same. 
We are beautiful yeah. as we are, but we are changing and evolving every day, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think no, I that, totally agree. You know, that's like something for people to consider. And I think there are benefits, right, to, to same, same. Um, and, and in, in Mary Dana's training that I just did, and maybe you and I can briefly talk about this. She had us talk about our gateway drug into yoga and mine was very much the same, same. Mine was 26 and two Bikram yoga, two years, same posture, staring at myself in a mirror. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so, I mean, there was benefits to that because I was able, and I think you spoke to about this in training one time, I was able to get a sense of achievement and goal attainment through 26 and two. Because the poses, I got to achieve the fullness of the pose. Right. Yeah, my gateway drug into yoga was similar. It was the Modo sequence, honestly. And for those of you that don't know the history behind that, Modo is actually a derivative of Bikram. That's how it came to be. So, you know, it was. it's very much a set sequence that's more Hatha-based and... Yeah, I did that for a while before I kind of moved away from it. And that was how I was first trained as well. So my first training was on that sequence before I moved on to take several different other trainings after that in vinyasa styles, creative sequencing and many, many other things. But did you find did you find benefit in that same same that moto sequence and experiencing it at that time in your life? Yeah, I think that people And I speak generally, so you may not relate to that. But if I take Jared and I's experience, we come to yoga a little bit disorganized. And the tapas, the discipline, the sameness helps to kind of, like you said, see progress because you want to do something that you know is going to pull you forward. And if you're not tuned in to like, how you're progressing inwards, you're going to want to see outwards progress. You're going to want to see achieving quote unquote, the fullness of the post to be like, okay, this practice actually does something, if anything for my body. And if it doesn't do anything else, at least my hamstrings are getting loose. You know what I mean? And, and also too, it helps you get organized, having that feeling of like repetition, like that tapas to produce a little bit of heat and of organization in your body and in your life. And then when you have that, you're kind of on your way and you kind of want to break free from that and explore different things because you're a little bit more confident in both your body and your mind. So I think it serves an amazing purpose and it provides security too. You know, I work um, in Miami beach at a moto studio. The students like to come and know what they're going to get. Yeah, We do offer a wide variety of other classes, but there's always someone in the moto class because it's comforting to know, okay, this is what I'm going to go through. And I think that's, that's pretty relevant, like safety in the same and that bleeds over into to life choices and routine. But there is this maybe a false sense or a literal sense in the yoga room. Like, okay, this class, I know it. So I know what to expect. Or I know this instructor. I feel comfortable. Like I know where they're going to go or their style. I think one of the things I've learned really recently, the potential, and I'm, I'm being general, of same, same, a negative to same, same, could be that it creates a dissociative experience. So it creates an outer Mm -hmm. body experience because you don't have to think as much. You don't have to listen. 
um, like I'm thinking of your classes and some of mine where we're like right under left, twist right leg yeah. back. Like people cannot have a dissociative experience. They have to tune into the present moment. 100%. You know, and I think that's super beneficial because we don't want yoga to be something that you use to dissociate. You know, if you, I had a no. teacher say, if you want to do that, go do drugs or drink a lot. You know, like, <laughs> yoga, like yoga. And sometimes we need to do that, but yoga should be about tuning in. And I think sometimes yeah. that's what some variety allowing yourself to change with your practice over time will get you. Absolutely. It's a, it's yeah, a tuned in experience and our emotional and physical needs change. Sometimes I need a really dynamic class. Sometimes I just need to stretch my legs a little bit in a few folds, a pigeon at my house. You know, it yes. doesn't always have to be ham, right? hundred percent. And I think I'm glad you brought that up, but that, cause that's something that I didn't speak to really, but yeah, your body, you change from one minute to the next. And if you always feel like you need the exact same thing, maybe you're not tuned in enough because you know, if we're being quite honest, I haven't practiced yoga right now in like going on a week, which for me is absolutely insane. I practice every day. I have no, it, this is not what I need right now is not a physical practice. Correct. Do I sit on my cushion in the morning? Yes, I do. Do I do pranayama? Yes, I do. But the physical aspect of it, I cannot it would be unhealthy, but I need to, to check in with myself and say, okay, what's going on in my life? Where am I at? And what do I need to offer myself so I can nurture myself through what's going on in my daily life rather than just say, I need to do this. It needs to always be the same thing right. and, to, and to stick to it. And I think that's a good launching pad. What you're saying, this idea of introspection and checking in with your emotional state and your physical state, right, are super important mm -hmm. for your life choices. Like, you know, what if you're, I guess, feeling certain ways, what do you need in your life? Is it is it movement? Is it stillness? Um, can we talk a little bit maybe about that? So we've talked about in the yoga room, this idea of moving with your practice, the benefits of the same, the benefits of the of difference. What about when your physical or emotional state is changing and it's not linking with your environment? Like what's you, meaning a very broad sense of environment, your job, your partner, your all the things. Well, first thing is, please know that that's bound to happen. Like no one goes through life and everything always sinks up. Right. And I feel like because of the way society is set up and the expectations that we put on ourselves, when moments like that happen, where things are kind of out of sync, we feel like almost like guilty or like we should be doing better. Or we should change something. Um change will happen. You'll go through moments of efforts and moments of ease and you'll adjust through both. And it's having the time or making the time because most of the days we don't have time. It just doesn't descend upon us. Here's an hour for self-care. You have to make the time within your day, but to, um, 
So yeah, practice introspection in any way that's relevant to you. And I know, like, I feel like we harp on that every time, but it's, this is just how it goes. And people sometimes miss that opportunity or how important it is. And when you sit with yourself and you're like, okay, things are not really lining up right now. Then that's how you create a plan of action. You're like, huh? Yeah. And I like this is and one thing you, you do, and I think you can speak to this, is you make calculated moves. You don't make a rash, right? Like, I feel like you didn't make a rash decision, honestly. I feel like you moving was, was you put in effort. You tried to fix whatever the issue or the problems may have been, and you put it in. And it wasn't changing. Yeah, that be for fair sure. To say? And- Yeah, absolutely. And know that even when you have somewhat of a plan of action, things probably won't go according to your plan. They'll go slightly different. It's not saying that you're going to get derailed and everything is going to be off the walls, but um, be flexible with that. And also with time, we're very pressed for time. We like things to happen quickly. We want change to happen quickly. We want a high turnover on relationship, jobs, money, feelings, and that's just not how it works. And you have to say, okay, like I, I have an idea of where I'm at. I have an idea of where I'd like to go. What kind of process do I need to go through to get there? And what happens typically, because I speak for experience on that, is that if you don't go through the process one step at a time, life will take you back to the step that you missed. And it'd be like, excuse me, right? you're trying to go too fast. And I think you you dip yourself out of the experience too, right? You bypass the process or you're like, you know what? I need to just quit my job. Like if you just come to a point where you're like, I'm quitting, I'm leaving. Okay. But you need another job, you know, like, are you sure, you know, have you really considered everything? Have you talked through it? Have you saved money for you? Like the practical things, I know they seem silly, but those are things you need to consider before you quit the job, you know, and, and, you know. And when I got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm moving to Miami. Everyone was like, yeah, we knew. Right. No one, <laughs> no one was like, oh my gosh, what a shock. I cannot believe what's going on. Right. Everyone was like, yeah, we kind of figured that was going to happen. It's been a long time in the making. And even today, um, I had a meeting with my boss down here and she was like, you were always meant to be here. It was just a long way home. You know, it just has been a long time coming and that's okay. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's something, um, it's always something to consider, um, like reevaluating continually what you need. And I think change, like knowing that you change over time and you should change over time. So if you've ever been in a relationship or friendship where, or a romantic relationship where you've changed, like that whole statement, it's like, yes, I have. Yes. Like, I mean, I, hopefully. Um, so I want people, I want, I want like people to know, like, if you're in those situations and you're not causing anyone harm and you're speaking from a true place inside yourself, 
it's okay for you to change. It's okay for you not to like the things you used to like or to be around the people that you don't like to be around anymore. You don't owe anybody right. anything if you're on a course of change, right? Right. That's a hard one, though. I know. I know. I, it can be cases where you kind of, you don't owe anyone anything, but you want to delicately do it. You want to consider people. But I think we consider yeah. people too much in our society. And I'm not saying be narcissist, yes. but be independent, like, and, and put yourself in the driver's seat and the other person in the passenger seat. I was going to say that it's not that we considered other too much, but I feel like sometimes we give away our power where we put the other person first. And sometimes it's because we don't know what to do. So it's easier to look for an answer outside of herself and say, Oh, I did this for you or, you know, cause then it takes a responsibility off of yourself. So it's kind of a safety net or a safety blanket where you're like, Oh, actually I did this for you and it didn't work out. So it wasn't really what I wanted to do, but Taking ownership of your relationship is a much more empowering thing. And we are so attached, I think, to how much time we get to spend with someone. And that's another topic that we talked about in teacher training this week is like the concept of non-attachment and how it kind of goes from physical things, right? That's the first thing that when we start to learn about non-attachment, we let go of our shit for lack of better words, like all the stuff in our house and all that. Then we learn to become non-attached to people. That's a little bit harder. Harder. Yeah. Um, And then someone asked a question and they were like, is it possible to be attached to emotions? And I was like, yes. So we're attached to the way that we feel. And so we kind of peel back the layers, but I do think that it's very normal to be attached to people and to the way that they make us feel and to hold on to that so tightly that we end up putting ourselves second and we lose sight of who we are and the things that we actually value and need. And that's actually a, a could be considered self neglect, right? Like that is yes. not, that's not moving with your life. That is no. staying static. That's like living for someone else, you know? And it's like, yeah. I think that's what we're talking about. Like if you want to create change in your, if something's not lining up and you're considering, you're looking at the situation, you're trying to remedy it. You're trying new things. You're maybe talking to a therapist, going to yoga, doing these things to like, you know, consider this change. You know, then eventually you may have to make the change. And yeah, I think like I relate it to one thing I'm really trying to work on after this, like mentorship that I did is like m- one of my patterns, which is overcommitment to things, <laughs> insert thing. You know, when I was actually meeting with my own therapist this week, it was like, she had me like talk about my schedule and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm overwhelmed, but you know what? I don't think I'm doing that much. And then I was like, yeah, I see eight to 10 people a day. And I'm like, well, I teach Wednesday and Sunday. And she's like, and how long does that take to repair? Maybe two hours. Oh, my God. And then I do help Emmanuel with teacher trainings. Oh, man. And I do a podcast. It was like, <laughs> like it was kind of eye opening. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like your pattern is over over commitment. 
Yeah. So I'm really working and I'm making efforts now to seize the day, so to speak, because it's all about if yeah. you're wanting change, how do you spend your day? And for me, it's too much effort. So I need, Yeah, you need ease. Yes. I need when someone cancels, let them cancel their appointment. Don't fill it. Take yeah. a day off work. Say no to that yoga thing you want to do. Like we have the answers to the change we need if we just look at our own patterns and then be willing to tweak something. You know, maybe something. it's not a maybe it's and not a move to Miami. <laughs> That's like the end change that you did. But it, it was there's a lot of incremental change along the way, right? Right. I was gonna say that came as like the last moving piece. If you think about all the dominoes, like falling into one line, that was like the last little domino falling and leading me there. But it was a series of like small changes kind of building up upon one another that got me here. Um, and things are still going to continue to evolve. And that's something that I want to touch on before we, we kind of run out of time is yes. like, even in the periods that you feel stagnant because like you have periods in your life where you're kind of observing, right? I, I spoke to that um, previously. I was for a little bit there. I felt like everyone around me was moving and I wanted to do something, but I, nothing was happening. So I wasn't in a place of change. Mm -hmm. And then over the course of a month, everything just kind of shifted and things happened really quickly in both those cases things are still changing. It's just at a different rate. And sometimes where we're in a period where changes are smaller, tiny things. Right? And you know what I love, Emmanuel, is that, and you you can relate to this, is the um, metaphor of the season, right? Like change definitely mm -hmm. happens in spring, right? So the springs of our lives are when things are, like you just totally had a spring of your life. It totally, sure. it was like the thing actually changed. But you were actually the, the season that comes before spring is winter, which is stillness, staticness, stagnation a little bit. But you were doing a lot of introspection, a lot of insight work to make yourself ready for the spring when it came. And there will be a point in your life over the next couple of months where summer comes in your life, where the fruits of your labor have ripened, you're feeling fulfilled. And then good news, bad news. Autumn comes, the fruit yeah. falls off, you know, the fruit falls off the yeah. tree and it starts again. And I think that's a, an important thing, like you're referencing, like it's gonna, there is going to be moments and life is cyclical. Yeah. That makes sense. 100%. Yeah. And I just, the reason I'm mentioning this and I love the analogy of the season is because I don't want the listeners to be like, oh, I feel like I'm in a winter. So like, I don't really relate to that. Well, winter is the time for introspection. And I think that's when you plant the good seeds, you get ready, you clean your house, you do the little things, you take the little steps so that you can bloom in spring and, and collect the fruits of your labors in summer. And so if you feel like maybe you're in a more dormant season, know that you change daily regardless. Yes. Rarely do we ever stay in, in one of those phases for a long, long, long time. Um, we often forget the impermanence of that though, when we're in it. Like you said, yeah, you it, even felt it a little bit like what's going on? People are doing and going. What am I doing? 
Yes. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's, is there, I think that's a good place to end. Do you have anything to add with, um, where are you driving your car next? (laughs) Actually, gosh, I hope I'm done for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Actually, I get, I get, I get to walk. So that's kind of cool, isn't it? I just needed the car to drive down here, but I can walk to, to work. So that's an exciting thing. And that's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm about to do. I got to go back to the studio and help out with the, with the evening shift. But I guess I just wanted to say, you know, for the people that are taking the time out of, of their days to hang out with us and listen to the pod, it means a lot that you are changing with us because the podcast we're constantly adjusting it's like the first year of this offering that we've created for you and we're definitely learning as we go and adjusting and (laughs) making changes but I speak for myself and I'm sure that you feel it too it's been such a wonderful experience to have people be like oh my god I listen to your podcast and I love it and we're really thankful for for your presence and for your feedback and I mean I'm excited to to continue to be here weekly and bring you more more beyond the mat oh my god yeah me too um, any, th- anything for you? No, um, I'm going to park my car in the garage for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You know, I'm going to let it rest. Um, but that's it. I think, um, I just thank you guys for joining us and we'll be back two more times. I guess. Yeah. Two more times. And then we'll take a little break and see what happens. All right, thanks, guys. All right, we'll see you next week.